Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. This is Chicago's Afternoon News. It is 2.18. It feels good that it is a Friday. I'm Lisa Density. Bertrand is here. The whole crew. We've got Curtis and Brian producing. Mary covering traffic. Kevin covering the sports world. And on the phone is... One of the aldermen that you probably know, this is Alderman Byron Sicjo Lopez. He represents the 25th Ward, and he uh, brought a case. He, he said, hey, why should they be using campaign funds to pay off legal fees, especially if they're indicted or finally charged and convicted of a crime? How are you today, Alderman? Good, good. Thank you, and thank you very much for the invitation. Thank you. And uh, introduce the attorney that is also on the phone with you, please. Yes, uh, Adolfo Mondragon, he's the head of our legal team, and I'm glad that he's able to join us because uh, uh, the ruling wasn't a, wasn't a loss. I think that we, we need to unpack what was the ruling of the Supreme Court, and I'm glad that he's able to join us so that we can discuss this. Uh, and the public knows what, what really is at stake. So, Alderman, you you brought this forth because you replaced Danny Solis in the 25th, and he was agreeing to cooperate with the FBI and the Justice Department in their investigation of Alderman Ed Burke from the 14th Ward, who was indicted in May of 2019 on federal corruption charges. And Solis spent, what, $220,000 on legal fees and wanted that to come out of campaign cash. Am I right about that? That's correct. That's correct. And you said that's ridiculous, and you took it and said, we're not going to allow this. And you did get shut down in one part of that, right? That's correct. We went to the Board of uh, Elections, the Illinois Board of Elections, and uh, we lost that case. We appealed the decision, and that's how we ended up in, uh, in the Supreme Court. And, uh, and I think the ruling, uh, the ruling is actually a, a, an interesting, and uh, in my opinion, uh, a very, uh, a very good, uh, good step forward because the Supreme Court is now saying what well, we and we agree with the, with the ruling that we need to take this on a case-by-case case, uh, basis, and we should not have a blanket uh, policy for the use of campaign funds, especially when it comes to legal fees. And what about taking it on a basis of whether you're found innocent or guilty? If you're found innocent, uh, being able to use those funds, if you're found guilty, not being allowed to use those funds. Uh, is ex- and is exactly right, and 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 that's exactly what our attorney uh, Adolfo Mondragon and the team argue in the Supreme Court. I think that you re- you read the 17 pages in detail. We actually uh, the only reason why we uh, we don't win the whole case uh, and we have a partial loss is just in the specific case uh, of uh, former Alderman Solis because he has not been charged because of his deferred persecution deal, allegedly, because there's nothing in writing, but we understand that he entered a deferred persecution agreement that maybe exonerate him. Uh, and again, it is not being convicted of any crime. However, it does, and it will have uh, implications for the cases of, of Alderman Burke and former Speaker Madigan, because if they are found guilty, indeed, uh, in an indictment process, they may not be used, be able to use uh, campaign funds. And that is an important uh, ruling of the Supreme Court, because this may have direct implications for Alderman Burke and former Speaker Madigan, which I think is, is important. I think the, the Supreme Court is right on taking case by, these cases on a case-by-case case 
base. And instead of having a, a, um, a blanket policy, well, we cannot make such a distinction. So, Alderman, you're saying that even though you didn't get what you wanted in the ruling when it comes to Solis, you sort of, through the back door, did get clarification from the court that if someone is convicted or charged with a federal crime, maybe they can't use the money. Is, is that correct? Uh, that is that is indeed the case. I think on a case by case basis, uh, and in the case of indictments, we do think it's inappropriate to when we find basis of and corruption allegations that are now taken as an indictment process. I think we do think that we need to take this on a case by case basis instead of uh, allowing or encouraging uh, elected officials to use campaign funds for the uh, legal defense fees when it comes to corruption cases. We are one of the most corrupt states in the country. And I think that this is actually a welcoming step by the Supreme Court to make sure that it tells directly the Illinois election, the Board of Elections, that we need to talk about this on a case-by-case basis. Because what we hear from the Illinois, um, Illinois Board of Elections is basically that we need to take this to, the, to Springfield when there's little appetite for ethics reform. So we took it to the Supreme Court, and I think that we have taken a partial loss, because, in, in part because of the alleged deferred persecution deal that Alderman Solis took, but for the cases of Alderman Burke, former Speaker Madigan, and other cases, I do think that we need to take the Illinois Board of Elections, uh, uh, and I think very seriously in these cases, to make sure that we review each case uh, separately so that this does not become a blanket policy where the voters of Illinois have to tolerate such uh, outrageous allegations of corruption well are they allegations see that's the problem is you know most people are like why is this such an issue often with the city council i mean that people are always being charged or convicted it it just seems that this is so prevalent in the state of illinois and uh, attorney mo dragon please join us jump in this conversation Uh, is this happening elsewhere have you uh, met with your contemporaries, or is this the issue in Chicago and throughout the state of Illinois more prevalent than you would find in, let's say, New York or Los Angeles or other big cities? Well, I think corruption is uh, not unique to Illinois, but sadly, uh, Illinois is like, uh, I think in the past 20 years, considered like the second most corrupt state in the union based on convictions, indictments, and convictions. And um, so I I think while it happens most everywhere, I think it's a particular problem in the state. And that's why I thought it was important to go to Byron and say, hey, you know, we need to challenge this uh, practice because that blanket policy, as the alderman was saying, is just, um, it it just gives carte blanche to... uh, politicians to it almost it creates a moral hazard because if you know that you you can amass a piggy bank of money that doesn't have to come out of your pocket when you get caught doing something bad or when you cross the line between uh ethical and illegal then uh it encourages that behavior and so we needed to put an end to it and that's why this decision although technically it's a loss against what we were pursuing against Danny Solis it is a very powerful um, decision. And what people must consider, too, and this will be talked about in law school, is that three uh, Supreme Court justices recused themselves. That means that we had to have a unanimous decision among the remaining four to get even a written opinion on this. If there was one, even one person dissenting and not wanting to sign on, then we would have no decision. And therefore, I, I personally think that the reason why the only legal argument that we lost on was the court was unwilling to go all the way and say that 
anytime legal fees are used for uh, the defense of allegations or uh, charges of public corruption, that it is a per se, that is as a matter of law, violation of that provision of the statute, that it's a personal debt. Um, they wouldn't go all the way. So I think the compromise was is that they they agreed that you have to have something like an indictment to show that there's a probable cause that there was corruption, and it just can't be an investigation. And that's why uh, in this particular case with Danny Solis, they couldn't find that his use was going towards defending public corruption because there was no indictment. And uh, so it gets them off the hook. But it places everyone else on notice that it's open season on them because the court clearly says in strong language, it says, I quote, this court has never condoned public corruption. And it goes on to hold specifically um, from, and it takes it from a case from the New Jersey Supreme Court. It says, allowing campaign monies to subsidize public corruption amounts to an unreasonable interpretation of the election code. And it says that this must be, uh, all these cases must be viewed on a case-by-case basis, essentially ending that blanket policy that the Board of Elections has always had. And that's a great victory for the people of Illinois. We have to go to news. I appreciate both of you joining us. But just a quick yes or no. Uh, To your knowledge, attorney, is it true that Illinois is the only state that has its own FBI office dedicated to government corruption? Wow, that would be I do not know, but I wouldn't doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for um, bringing your side of the story, because if you just read the newspaper, it would appear as if um, it was a loss. But you're saying that at least we're making headway. So thank you for joining us on Chicago. Afternoon news. Um, Steve's got the news coming up next on 720 WGN.